Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Welcome back to Movie Talk. Today we've got some new updates on Bond 25. On top of that, it's a brand new trailer for the new Men in Black movie. And then guess what? People out there, they've seen Detective Pikachu. We know what they think. We might have someone at this desk right now who has seen the movie in full. So we are going to get into that. Hello, guys. So happy to have you back. So happy to have Roka and Silas back on the show. Silas, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me back. Always happy to have you here. Roka, you're right there? He's such a jovial SOB. I don't like sitting next to him because I look like a bitter old man next to him. He's like, everything's great. I like Silas so much. <laughs> Silas, welcome back, man. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to have you back. Avengers Endgame's been blowing my mind for the last few days, so uh, let's just talk other movies for God's sake. Yes, yes. Before Please. we get into uh, today's lineup, we want to give you guys a little bit of an update on John Singleton's condition via THR right now. They are hearing that he is currently in a coma after suffering a major stroke. His mother has written in an application for temporary conservatorship so that is the current status and we just wanted to take the opportunity to send our prayers and well wishes to him and his loved ones did you guys have anything to add yeah, I mean, I, this is such a... On the heels of the Luke Perry stroke, this is pretty un- unsettling and uncomfortable and sad on so many levels. And uh, it must be pretty serious if the conservatorship is is coming mm-hmm. into play now. And, you know, John Singleton is one of those directors coming out of the Spike Lee school, having worked with him so much, and then doing Boys in the Hood, which is still one of the most seminal 90s movies uh, ever made that really kind of opened the door to what was happening in the inner cities. And John's been working, you know, uh, off and on over the last... Uh, since that time... So he's someone that people who love film still ultimately respect. And it's terrible, tragic news to hear that this is happening to him. Yeah, it's it's incredibly sad. I, I He has some really great films. And, um, he has... He has a movie that that's not a great film, but I have friends that love Abduction. Oh uh, yeah, it's such a slick movie, but it's so silly. Mm. But I honestly have a friend who who at his bachelor party made everyone watch Abduction. 
<laughs> well, there you go. All right, well, once again, guys, our, our thoughts and well wishes are with him and his family right now. So we hope to have better news on that front very soon. All right, no good transition for this, but we are going to roll into our main lineup today. And our top story of the day is a brand new Bond 25 update. So we've got some details that does not include an official title for the movie, but we do have an official synopsis. I'm going to read it for you right now. Bond has left active service and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leader from the CIA turns up asking for help. The mission is to rescue a kidnapped scientist. Turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with a dangerous new technology. So in addition to that, we also know of the cast who is returning and also some new faces in the mix. You know most of the main players in this. So new faces include Dolly Binshala, hope I pronounced that right, <laughs> Billy Magnuson, Ana de Armas, David Denkick, Lashana Lynch, who you might recognize from Captain mm. Marvel recently, and of course, Rami Malek. And in a brief video message that Rami Malek posted, he basically confirms that he's playing the villain. In case you don't know, Bond 25 is due in theaters April 8th, 2020. So, Roka, with all this information here, no. does any of it do anything for you in terms of making you even more excited for another Bond movie? Well, we've seen this in action film tropes, this idea of pulling someone out of retirement and putting them back in the mix, and can they still do it? And we know the whole thing at the end of Bond was him walking, or end of Spectre, rather, was him walking away from Blofeld and going with Leah Sadu. I Seeing Leah Sadu in the cast, it means they're going to continue this storyline and this romance. I don't know how it ends up because we know what happened with Vesper Lynn, so where Eva Green ended up at the bottom of the water. So, like, you look, is this going, what's going to happen with her? It excites me that she's coming back, because now we've got this new bond of the last few years that is with one woman only. Yes, does he occasionally do his thing? Yes, but he is with one woman only. So to hear that he's being pulled back in, it must be something pretty severe from the pullback in. And Felix, which I think is Jeffrey uh, Wright, I think that's the, uh, the actor who plays that, him bringing him back in is interesting as well. So all of this makes me excited. Rami Malik, I hope it works out with him as a villain. I'm excited to see him play that level. You know, we see we saw a lot of that in Mr. Robot that he can vacillate kind of back and forth depending on what he wants to do in the film. Lashana Lynch and Adi Armas, of course, out of Blade Runner 2049 has my heart always, and so all of that I'm excited about. And Magnuson as well, who I enjoy. I've been enjoying his work piece by piece as he's been kind of building his uh, resume as well. I hope this is a good move for Rami Malek. I don't know why I keep thinking about this, but I have Oscar Isaac jumping into Apocalypse in my mind, right? <laughs> and it's, you know, I don't want to throw that movie under the right. bus, and it's not the same thing whatsoever. I just want this to be a villain role that's worth his time. I was a little underwhelmed by Christoph Waltz's role when he was in the Bond franchise. So I really want to see them knock the villain out of the park. And when it comes to the new faces, I think the two that have me most excited are uh, Ana de Armas and uh, Lashana Lynch, because I think Lashana Lynch just did the absolute most she could with the screen time she had in Captain Marvel. And I'm eager to see some range there. I'm almost, she's also 355 in the Why the Last Man series, which seems to be on pause, but is such perfect casting. Um, But as far as Bond goes... I love James Bond movies. I'm going to watch all the James Bond movies leading up to this one. The timing of this felt so bad. Yeah. Oh. Because uh, it, it was like... Okay. I mean, it's very oh, early in the morning. Just, just a, yeah, it's like, uh, the Avengers is coming out today. Yeah. Your announcement that you're making... A, like, really, there's like two or three cast members they announced. <laughs> mm-hmm. They even said, well, we already filmed in Norway. So it's not even the start of production. 
it just was sort of underwhelming to just be like, yeah, we're making a Bond movie. So I almost feel like maybe what would have made the bigger impression was if they would have announced a title. Mm. And maybe it's just because my mind is going down that path of, oh, why didn't they announce a title? Is it something big? Is it something they're keeping top secret for a little longer for a big reason? But I don't know, for some reason, just, yeah, the plot synopsis is important, but reading a giant block of text isn't necessarily what's going to get me super hyped about this and push Endgame out of my mind for the time being. So when all of this happened this morning, like I wasn't getting up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Silas brings up great points. And you too, this idea of like we already knew they were shooting. We already knew something was ha- stuff was happening. So now to hear that they've shot a little bit more, that they that they don't have a title, and the synopsis isn't as in depth as you would like, you're like, okay, what was the point of this, and why now? But I will say, you asked at the beginning, like, does this excite me? I would say. Uh, Blofeld not coming back excites me. I, I as much as I like Spectre, and I, I'm one of those rare people that enjoyed Spectre, and I can even defend Quantum of Solace sometimes. I know that those aren't as good as Casino Royale and Skyfall, and this may be one of those situations like Star Trek, you know, in reverse, in that the the odd ones are the good ones rather than the even ones. So maybe mm-hmm. this being the fifth movie will be a good one with everybody involved because it's an incredible cast. So in that way, that excites me overall. But yeah, your, your point is absolutely correct. The timing is terrible. Why do you think they didn't announce the title today? Is there a reason to keep it secret other than just saving something to have another big announcement day? I kind of think they might not have one yet. Um, Bond Mm. titles are weird. It's a weird thing, too, for a franchise that uh, obviously has so much history to it. And if you're an old school Bond fan, you knew that Ian Fleming's estate was called Goldeneye. I think most people, when they say Goldeneye in Jamaica, people are like, the 1995 Pierce Brosnan film? (laughs) And that's because they were so desperate for Ian Fleming-generated titles Mm. that they, they took the name of his house. Um, when I was in college, my friends and I used to joke that there were, at that point in time, there were only two Ian Fleming titles left. And one of them was Quantum of Solace, which is a short story that's like a parody of the writing of Somerset Maw that barely <laughs> has James Bond in it. He makes a cameo in it. And we would joke that that would be a movie. And then it became a movie. So the only title left right now, 007 in New York. Oh, Could God. you imagine? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That, I don't think... Is that... That's not possible. No, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> that's not possible. They shot in Norway. I know. <laughs> oh, wow. right. Well, we are going to wait and see as we get additional updates on Bond 25. You're going to hear about them right here on Collider Video. All right. Next story is a big one, one that I'm very excited about. Detective Pikachu. I have completely fallen in love with the marketing campaign for that movie. And now some folks out there were lucky enough to see the movie. Reactions are pouring in. And right now I'm going to read three of them for you. One is from our very own Dave Trumbor, who says, Just saw Detective Pikachu here in Tokyo, and man, I wish Rhyme City was a real place because I really want a Pokemon pal. Then our own Steve Frosty Weintraub wrote, If Rhyme City from Detective Pikachu was a real place, I'd make plans to visit it tomorrow. The movie is a lot of fun and filled with Easter eggs. Pokemon fans are going to love it, but it is still welcoming to those that don't the, that don't the world. I think he meant don't know the world. Sorry, now I feel like a jerk for spelling 
spelling <laughs> for correcting Steve's tweet. Um, we've got one more to read, and it happens to come from Silas, who wrote, I had a lot of fun with Detective Pikachu. It is so unabashedly odd. I was grinning the entire running time. All right, I'm going to let you have it first, Silas. Do you have to stick to just this tweet alone, or can you give I us any I think I'm not supposed insight? to go into too many details, but I, I it really took me back uh, nostalgia-wise. I, I was too old for Pokemon, mm. uh, but my sister's 10 years younger, mm-hmm. and she was very, very into it. You were into Pokemon Go, though, because if I remember, yes. if I remember, actually, I do remember this very well. We were at Star Wars Celebration London, and I was a step behind where I hadn't started yet, and you were playing the entire time. And I, I stopped playing. <laughs> I actually played for the first time this morning in like a year uh, after seeing the movie. Do you think that something like this is going to rekindle more interest in that? I know there's a lot of people out there who have never stopped using the app, mm. but I mean, a lot of people, at least so. in this office, have. <laughs> it, it just it was fun for me, and and I have I have such a like f- fond theater theatrical memories of taking my sister to see the first movie. Hmm. I actually remember taking her to see uh, the Iron Giant in 1999 oh, wow. Wow. and there was a trailer for the Pokemon movie and she was a little girl and she got really scared and wanted to leave and I remember looking at her and she was holding a plush Eevee and she had a Pikachu shirt and I was just like they're not going to give us our money back <laughs> so I convinced her to stay and it be- is now Iron Giant is her favorite movie and yeah. she's working in animation so what? wow <laughs> I-, I think of that of when I think of Pokemon <laughs> that's a really nice touch there uh, Roka I don't think we've ever dis- have we discussed uh, Detective Pikachu no, on, this por- on this show before together? I don't think we have, no. Um, so what do you think of it? Well, the seeing positive reviews is a good thing. Um, uh, I, I, I would say this. Uh, <laughs> if I don't get a screening for it, I don't know if I would rush out to see it, but knowing that it's out there and it's a positive thing. And I think the reviews from Dave and, and uh, Frosty are very cool, this idea that you want to live in the city. I know that's one of those things that always brings me back to Harry Potter is like, I would like to live in that world. It's such a well-fleshed out mm-hmm. world within the construct of the film that you want to be part of it. And in fact, that's how I ended up working at Harry Potter for a while here in L.A. because I went to the Orlando one and was so engrossed in the world. So if they can bring that world to life through Pokemon, that, that'll be really half the battle for me. And then the fact that it's odd, so enjoyably odd, what you wrote makes me go, okay, well, this could be a fun film to just go and like, you know, just enjoy it and, let it, and go on the ride with it. And if Ryan Reynolds is funny or the jokes hit, then I'll probably have a great experience while I'm watching it. So, yeah. That's always what appealed to me about Pokemon in general. I mean, I was never super steeped into it. Like, you can't quiz me on it and think I'm going to know everything. Mm. But I did play the red and blue on Nintendo quite a bit when I was growing up. And I played a lot of Pokemon Go that particular summer. And one of the things that I always loved was not even necessarily how fleshed out the world was, but almost like the wish fulfillment quality of like wanting to catch one and wanting to have a Pokemon as like a little buddy. So if this movie can kind of conjure those same feelings of wanting to be steeped in the world in that capacity, I think I am going to be very satisfied and borderline obsessed. So we'll see. Because like we also have to ask the bigger question that Silas can't answer for us is in addition to the world building and just how they put the Pokemon into existence here, the story like the beginning to end story, the character arcs, things like that, it needs to support that as well. One question for you. Do, does this really qualify, if it's a good film, 
as a good video game adaptation because it's not like because most people think like Warcraft or um, if Uncharted comes out and it's good like this is or Assassin uh, whatever the Assassin's Creed like that's what they correlate I think most people correlate that with video game or Tomb Raider do they think is this under that realm is it, could this be considered I, I think so and I had never played the actual Detective Pikachu game okay. which I guess is only a few years mm-hmm. old uh, but I was reading about the plot today and they're definitely it is based on that okay. it's not just taking the name okay. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, we're going to find out soon enough now if this is actually one of the best video game adaptations <laughs> out there. I'm certainly rooting for it. Guys, we have to remind you before we move on with our show notes that we take your live Twitter questions at the end of the show. Hashtag Collider Movie Talk. Keep them different, short, sweet, fun. Let's have a good time. All right. Next story here. Oh, Roka, this is your story. Yo. We've got a brand new trailer for the Deadwood movie. And we've got two folks at this table who have not watched Deadwood. I wonder who they are <laughs> and one who has. So, Roka, yeah. I'm going to put the ball in your court first. Yeah. What did you think as a fan? Did this do it for you? Hell yes, man. Right back into the world of Deadwood. The darkness, the uh, constant death on the horizon, the difficult moments uh, that you have to negotiate between these people, the everybody being on edge, and also moments of humor. Uh, all of it is here. This idea they're bringing back Gerald McRaney to play Hearst, which if you know the third season of the series is huge. I'm sorry, but just from the trailer, you need to watch the series. You do. You need to watch the series. And I, I think it's coming out on HBO. First is a movie, right? And then coming out in the theater. So, like the, so do yourself a favor. If you can't watch all three, at least watch the last uh, season, and you'll get an idea of what they're going for. Because Hearst, at, through the first First two seasons, it's Swearingen uh, versus Timothy Oliphant's character, and then Bullock, Seth Bullock, and then in the third season, uh, Hurst comes in to overpower both of them, and it really shocks their world. So to see all these characters coming back, seeing the status that they're in, seeing the relationships again, seeing Calamity Jane again, Robin Weigert, who's so fantastic as Calamity Jane, seeing all these people back in the world of Deadwood... You know, I'm the outlaw. So I thoroughly love Westerns and add on top of it one of the greatest uh, series of television ever created. The fact that they're still capturing this uh, uh, mood and atmosphere of the show, again, gets me even more excited. And even more so because this may be David Milch's last shot at it with what we hear about the Alzheimer's and stuff. I was reading about that today, which really broke my heart because since NYPD Blue, Milch has been one of my guys that I watch. I even defend John from Cincinnati, which nobody defends uh, as a fantastic jazz piece of, of of, of television. So that's what I'll say. I love it. I can't wait. Uh, May 31st, I'm going to reach out to, to HBO and be like, please send it to me early. So we'll okay. see. I, I hate to say this because I don't want to like rain on your parade at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited that you're super excited for this. Watching this trailer, not having seen the show, it does absolutely nothing for me. And that's fair. I think, I, no, I think that's, that's fair and fine. The fact that I don't know the story and the characters and the details, yeah, that all makes sense. I didn't expect to, and I didn't yeah. expect this to be basically a 101 on Deadwood for me. But one quality that I think would behoove them to have in their marketing campaign is some sort of hook that makes me want to know more, Mm. that encourages me to go and seek out the original show so that then I could catch up for the movie. And Mm. I can't say that this particular trailer really did it for me. I think, if anything, the teaser almost got there a little, but Mm. I haven't seen anything thus far that says to me, I'm going to want to jump back into Deadwood so that I could be prepared for this movie. 
Silas, do you feel otherwise? I, I do. I kind of really appreciate uh, just doing it for fans of the show. Having not watched the show, I think um, I, I promise I will watch the show. I will watch the show and I will see the movie in time for the movie to come out uh, because it's, it has been a show that I think for 10 years uh, people have told me this is one of my favorite shows. You should watch it. And it's been on my list. And I think honestly the fact that those 10 years they were saying they were going to make a movie was always the like oh well when they when they finally make the movie i'll get caught up and yeah. i i'm out of time i <laughs> i i need to watch deadwood do you think that in general like cuz this isn't really the only scenario we have now where a tv series is running and then eventually we're mm-hmm. talking about a movie in the works do you think that some of the marketing campaigns should be geared towards newcomers in order to broaden the audience before this comes out i think you make a fantastic point and it should i agree with you that it should some kind of like in- introduction or something because these are all historical characters for the most part calamity jane existed mm-hmm. uh hearst existed that's william randolph hearst's father so it's like these people existed swearingen existed bullock existed they all existed do they play with their storylines and yeah of course, of course for the, for yeah. The, but but yeah i think a little primer or background huh Maybe an explainer video hey, on Deadwood would be a smart, please? of course, would be a smart way to go about it to get people to understand this world. And I'm happily, I'll happily do a rewatch and do an explainer video right afterwards because that is a, a fantastic show. It's only ten episodes a season, so it's not, it's not a big, it's not a big commitment necessarily. You do it in the weekend if you wanted to. And so I agree with you. Ten episodes parents. a season, three seasons. Yeah, it's like 30, <laughs> 30 hours. That's a weekend for me. You do 15, sleep nine, you're good. Uh, No, but I I think you make a great point, Perry. They have to bring people into kind of who want to be a part of it, you know, and it got to be too expensive, which is why they canceled. And they struggled for viewers for the Mm -hmm. most part, or it would have gone as long as The Sopranos did. So, oh, and that's a question back to you. Like, if they did a Sopranos movie, would you need a primer on that? No. Or is that a simple thing? Well, I watched all of The Sopranos. See, that's a completely different scenario where all they have to do is, like, Anytime I see a trade report that says so-and-so is cast in The Sopranos, right. it's always going to pique my interest because I'm previously invested in the show. Right. Would you want to, Would you think a, a, a trailer that like kind of gave you the litany of Tony Soprano and his people, if they were to do a movie, which I guess they can't because they don't have any time, but for example, would that have been good? I think my natural mentality, mm-hmm. whether we're talking about you know a situation like this with a show that's being uh, turned into a film eventually, mm-hmm. or even like a multi-film franchise... I always love the idea that you want to broaden your audience with every single installment and make it accessible no matter what. It's like even with us talking about the MCU all week, one of my favorite qualities about the large majority of their most recent installments is that anybody could watch them. Yes, yeah. you need the events of Infinity War, obviously, to add the stakes to what's happening in Endgame, but you could isolate Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming. Certainly. Really, you can jump in at any point. And the other cool thing about a whole bunch of those movies is not only are you getting a complete story in that particular character's world, but there's also little bits in that that encourage you to go and explore other ones of the MCU movies that you haven't seen before. So yeah. I always like seeing that in basically all of my entertainment across the board. Okay. I, I, no, I, I guess the big difference with The Sopranos as a movie is it's a prequel, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. that's one where it's like arguable if you had never seen The Sopranos. Hopefully you can come in and get a complete story there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not knowing Deadwood, I feel like if I saw a, a movie continuation of a show that I love that had been off the air for 10 years, I would want it to be for the fans. Well, now that you say that, I also do wonder, because it would seem like it should have been in the plan. It it didn't necessarily have to be in the plan for Sopranos to do that, because Sopranos is, as you say, is, uh, it's a prequel, so... 
the nature of that story would automatically feel like a starting point for people who don't know it. But with something like Deadwood, I wonder if they just thought, you know, rather than take the time to get new people invested, I wonder if that's reflected in the budget. If what they spent on the movie is just about wrapping up this story for the people that were part of it from day one and that was never part of the equation to think beyond that. Well, if you knew of a new character, you could use that new character to do the voiceover to do a two-minute voiceover of a trailer speaking about her experiences mm-hmm. being in Deadwood and what she's had to negotiate and who she's had to negotiate and why, I think that would have solved the problem. So that would have killed two birds with one stone. You still get the great trailer, but you get the new character talking about who these people are and their positions in the town and a little bit about their past. It wouldn't. It, it would have worked, I think, if you wrote a really good two-minute script. No, yeah, that's a that's mm. a fair point. There's always like different little avenues you can take, especially sure. when you add a new character, even if it's not narration, just giving a viewer a feeling that they're walking in that character's shoes in that world for a little while, that could do the trick all on its own. Mm -hmm. All right, we got another trailer to move on to right now, and this is a brand new one for the new Men in Black movie, which is now titled Men in Black International. Of course, this movie stars Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson as the new leads, and Tessa Thompson is playing a woman who's been searching for the Men in Black ever since she had an alien encounter as a child and wasn't neutralized. Silas, where do you stand on this new Men in Black movie because I've been like teetering on the edge of being interested or not. <laughs> I am really excited for this. Um, I I I love the first Men in Black. Um, I think the third Men in Black is is way better than it has any right to be. But honestly, <laughs> my favorite Men in Black was the animated series uh, based on the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was, I mean, the characters were kind of loosely J and K, and and L uh, was sort of the new character for the show. But that was sort of more like what this movie is, which is just explore the world make this big weird sci-fi world that's happening uh under the behind the scenes um that's something i really want to see again and chris hemsworth and tessa thompson i mean just one of those people has enough charisma to carry a movie and both of them together again is really really cool i feel like maybe i should explore this animated series because that's the only thing that i don't have as part of you know the overall men in black franchise but it had like i had waning interest in it with every single installment I cared a little less and less and then when I heard about this movie I was most interested when it was the 22 Jump Street crossover just because that sounded like something different and fresh and something that could breathe new life to it then of course that didn't pan out and we wound up with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson and who is going to say no to that duo that right there rekindled my interest in the movie but then we got those first I think there were two other trailers at this point or maybe a teaser and a trailer I don't know whatever I've seen thus far it hasn't really done it for me where I don't know. I feel like the effects didn't look good. Some of the jokes weren't landing. This one, though, is a little bit of a game changer because I finally have a foundation to stand on through her character. Her story and how she gets into that facility, it got my attention very quickly. It made me care about her. And then all of a sudden, I started to catch on to the jokes feeling like they were properly timed. Of course, in previous trailers, we're talking about trailers, not the full context of the movie, not with that proper pacing. So maybe it's just that this trailer kind of hit the beats a little better than some of the others but between that and the story here i'm into it finally mm. God, i hate to be a contrarian I, I i didn't like this trailer. i like the other two a lot and so i was excited but this one felt a little like a tv movie in some of their beats and that bothered me a little bit and um 
And this is a director that I like and respect a lot. So I'm hoping that this uh, overall work, like the Kamal uh, Kamal Nanjani character, I thought some of the jokes didn't work for me at all. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, the story with Tessa is an interesting story. Uh, but I, I think there were some looks or some jokes that were a bit easy. And I'm like, uh, I want to see something more. I'm with Silas, though. I love Three. Three gets unfairly vilified. And it's a damn good movie. And Michael Stolbarg is fantastic in that movie. Uh, and there's... A a lot to explore here with the father-son relationship, and Josh Brolin's incredible in that. Uh, I hope this one captures that magic, because I love Hemsworth and I love Tessa together. No spoilers. I love them together uh, in this movie, because I haven't seen anything about a Men in Black International. I don't know how they get together or anything happens with them. Uh, so, uh, But I like their chemistry together in the movie, so I'm hoping uh, that that's what carries the day through this whole thing. And we'll see what Emma... Uh, we didn't see anything of Liam Neeson, like one line. A little so bit, what's yeah. Liam going to do? What's Emma's. I want I, more of those two. I have two. an idea. Yeah. I feel like Liam Neeson is up to no good. Does anybody else get those yeah, vibes? Yeah, right. That seemed obvious too, which has bothered me in the trailer. I wonder if yeah. it's a misdirect or yeah. just Haven't like seen I don't do know. This? We've seen him play the the villain, the quiet or the under the you know the the hidden villain a lot. So well, it's it not even just him. Me. We've seen that like storytelling yeah. trope yeah. so many times over that yeah. like you don't even need an eagle eye viewer to spot something like that in a trailer. Right. right. Yeah. I, I do wonder if we're going to see a connection to the first Men in Black, uh, just mm-hmm. given that. 20 years ago, Tessa Thompson's character had this event, and yeah. like, were the Men in Black that came at that time? I J&K? imagine we will. Wasn't wasn't in one of the previous trailers that we saw like a portrait of the two of them? Like a oh, yeah, yes. Men in Black headquarters, yeah, yeah. yeah headquarters, yeah. So I, was, I imagine if, but specifically in her plot, it looks like Men in Black came in and mind wiped oh, her like, family. Like mm-hmm. if the two of them were involved in her yeah. situation like, directly, were they out in the street in the? Tra- do you, does that look like J so, I don't know if it's J because it's from a distance, but, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't screenshot it. <laughs> and no, they have that de aged uh, Will Smith out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from that Gemini, was from Man. Gemini Man, de aging or Gemini is the Man, if you now. go by uh, First Man. <laughs> Well, we're going to dig more into Men in Black International soon enough as we near its release date. Oh, look what time it is. It is plug time. We have so much content coming your way tomorrow and through the weekend. Tomorrow, you have Collider Live to look forward to. And then, whoa, lots of stuff happening over the weekend. A lot to do with Avengers Endgame. And also, a little something called Mailbag. Roko, what do you got planned for the weekend? Yeah, uh, Dorina is coming on to make her debut on Collider Mailbag. Dorian Park's coming back on Sunday. Dorina will be on Saturday. Uh, and uh, uh, Perry and I uh, recorded uh, some Avengers Endgame stuff right, that did. should be coming out as well. And uh, sports time tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Josh McCuga, Jennifer Sturger coming back on the show. We're going to talk about uh, the NFL draft that's happening today and a bunch of other things. So please watch us on the Collider Sports YouTube and podcast feed. Yes, and specifically with Endgame content uh, tonight, we have our spoiler review going up. It is branded spoilers all over the place. So guess what? If you haven't seen the movie, you don't have to click on it. You don't have to click on it yet. <laughs> Go see the movie. Have some fun. <laughs> Come back and have an in-depth conversation with us. And, of course, there's that spoiler review that I did with Christian, Mark Riley, and Dennis Zen. And then it's Roka. Oh, yeah, Coy, me, Coy, and Amy, Amy Dallin did our Heroes one, which will drop tomorrow uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. So look for that one, which is completely separate from the ones Perry did. So you're getting a lot of goodness from us That's at breaking this thing down. Yeah, We want you to get everybody's opinion, and, boy, you're getting it the next couple of days. <laughs> All right, let's move into these Twitter questions. Let's go with this one first. Oh, no, this is a complicated name, but I'm going to try to piece out these words here. Uh, Oh, I see it now. Fatal the Baptist. If you could pitch a cast 
If you could pitch and cast a video game movie, what would you pick? Would it be animated or live action? I'll just say my answer first because everybody knows it. I think my dream come true would be a Bubble Bobble movie and it should be animated. Hmm. I lie. I want it. I was about to go down the Pixar route. I want Bubble Bobble and I want Laika to make it. Okay. (laughs) Video game movie, right? Okay. What do you got, Silas? Oh, uh, you know, I, I grew up playing computer games more so than, mm. than uh, but uh, any any of the Sierra games, uh, Secret of Monkey Island, LucasArts, oh, yeah. Secret of Monkey Island. Mm. I, why didn't that get made after Pirates of the Caribbean was so big? <laughs> I'm with you. I played games on the computer. I, I, I rarely bought those first-person games for the system. I prefer the, so there was a great computer game called Samurai Total War, which I played, and the, and the, uh, the sequel, I would spend hours learning about Japanese history and then moving and having these great samurai battles from above and seeing them all fight each other and the great music and the ooh, ah, ooh, ah, all that stuff going on. So I would like to see that with Ken Watanabe coming back to play a samurai. And I always forget the actor's name who plays his second in command. He's, uh, uh, he's a great actor as well. That is a Japanese actor. I would like to see him come back. So I would love to see a samurai, a Total War movie, a modern day samurai film. I like Last Samurai. I like 13 Assassins, which came out a few years ago. So I would love to see that. I also want a Qbert movie. <laughs> I want a Qbert movie. It's not fair. The only movie he was in was Pixels, yeah. and it was garbage. He was in Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, no, right. that's, that's a good point. Yes. Oh, you make me feel better about that. Okay, I'm happy about that. And as we were talking about before, I need someone out there to make a kid-friendly movie about pinball. Because I was mm. very troubled by the fact that my little cousins I discovered over Passover, they didn't know what a pinball machine was. Welcome to getting older, Perry. They're, that's... I, Okay, I, that I understand when it comes to like old movies, old video games, something oh. like that. There is something about just like the concept of a pinball machine because it's not even just like, oh, pinball machines, they don't really exist. It's not like VHS tapes where right. very rarely do you find someone with a player anymore. They exist in arcades, they're still oh, there, they're everywhere, you. they're being manufactured and celebrated, they're pieces <laughs> of art. It's just and, it's and a those, gaming staple, pinball. Those same kids are going to ask, what's an arcade? <laughs> true, very true. What What's a jukebox? What is this world coming to? Well, when we brought in a disc man, Jeff brought in his disc man. Dorian didn't know what that was. He was like fumbling around with some kind of weird thing that was created. <laughs> There's like a so video young. series in that <laughs> oh idea where we should just dig up old tech That's and bring idea. it in and just like sit Dorian in front of a camera yep. and see how long it takes him to figure to it figure out. To figure it out. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> I want to bring in a talk boy. All right. This next question here. Oh, you're going to like this one, Roka, even though I haven't finished reading it. Um, it's from <laughs> Brian the Night King. I just saw NFL Ooh. Draft, so I'm like, this is hey, real. Brian the Night King is writing, with the NFL Draft tonight, my question is, if you owned a studio, oh mm. boy, this is a big one, and there oh. was a big movie industry draft where you could acquire any IP, what would Ooh. be your number one pick? Oh, wow. Any IP? What? Any IP. I, yeah, I mean, that seems that does seem like the given number one at this point in time, yeah. If you had asked me like two, three years ago, I probably would have picked Star Wars. Yeah, I, I did a poll after the Endgame trailer. Oh, I'm not uh, episode nine trailer came out that day on my feed for two days, and. 
people were more excited. If I if you could go into one theater and see one movie over the other one, which would it be Episode Nine or Avengers Endgame? And Avengers Endgame won sixty to forty. Mm-hmm. So that that's the smarter move right now for me, based on that uh, for the IP. But yeah, normally Star Wars. But Marvel is it a no brainer for you? You know, I, I have a weird one just because it's my favorite thing ever, and mm-hmm. it's it's not valuable at all as a franchise. But uh, the Prisoner, which is a, a TV show from the sixties, ah. is my oh, favorite wow. thing in the world. And nice. to tie it back to uh, James Bond, that was like my dream that the next James Bond, you know, because he drives off in a car having resigned at mm. the end of Spectre. Just do The Prisoner, but with 007. <laughs> I'm down with that. I think if I could manipulate the system a little, and not necessarily an IP, but batch all of one property together, I would take control of all the Stephen King adaptations. Every oh, yeah. single one. Sure. I'm, I'm very excited about the Salem's Lot news with uh, James Wan producing. I hope they find a good director. All right, next question here. Let's go with this one from Anthony Shannon, who says, Hi from Ireland. What is your So Bad It's Almost Good movie? Mine are Johnny Dangerously with Michael Keaton, Hudson Hawk with Bruce Willis and Flash Gordon. So, so bad, it's almost good. I love Hudson Hawk, so I'm a thousand percent in your corner. Uh, but I will say, in this, I, A Million Ways to Die in the West is one of those films that I do not understand why I love it as much as I do. But I, every time it's on, and Wild Wild West, and it may just be because I'm a sucker for westerns, but both those films I know objectively are absolutely terrible, but I think they're so bad they're good. And so I enjoy watching them, especially Brana's terrible southern accent uh, in Wild Wild West. And, in, and it, look, Liam Neeson getting a flower in his butt, like, how can, where are you going to see that if not A Million Ways to Die in the West? And Charlize is great in that movie. You know, I'll bring it back to John Singleton. I mentioned abduction mm. earlier, and I, I, not even to make fun of the movie because it, it's just such a peculiar work of of a film. It it doesn't have anything to do with an abduction. Uh, which <laughs> this is one Kevin Bacon and this is Taylor Courtney Lautner. Love. It was supposed oh, to be like a, a franchise oh, monster and Lily oh, right. Collins and and right. Jason Isaac and Sigourney huh. Weaver, and it has this amazing <laughs> cast. But it is it is a strange movie. I did not realize what you were referencing earlier. Now it's all coming it, back it's to odd, me. I, I did the junket and like my my, my roommate and I just got. So so like obsessed with some of the the plot elements, but now I probably have seen that movie twenty five times. Wow! And every time I just notice weird new things to it. <laughs> so um, I used to write a piece for Movies dot com called "Defending Bad Movies." So I just did a oh. random little search and I saw what was uh, coming up. I really adore not another teen movie. I think that is the the dumbest but most delightful thing ever. Mm. That's one of my favorite spoof movies. Apparently, I also wrote about the uh, the remake of uh, Heartbreak Kid with Malin Ackerman. I, I, I think that's I, I love I that movie. It's, it's so funny. I have so funny and crazy stupid fun she's so good oh my god so I had that one. I it's also, a hard off. All right. This is a very me answer. I also had the Sorority Row me, remake, which I don't think I've revisited since it came out in like 2010, but I do remember really liking it mm. way back then. All right. That's my list. <laughs> I just exposed a lot my friend, of that. My friend there. Heather Brown is not an, in Not Another Teen Movie. She's the girl that goes into the bathroom and has the accident and that causes the whole oh, thing. That, that was her. And we all went to see her because we'd been in a play with her here in the early days of me living in Los Angeles. We all went together to go see the movie with her. And we're like, oh, that's the role? Okay. All right. Good for 
for her. Yeah, good for what her. What a claim to fame. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, we got another question here. Oh, I don't like these questions, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> John Ashford is asking, if you had to only see one movie this whole year... All right, we have to take Avengers Endgame out of the equation because we already saw it. But if you mm. could only see one more movie for the rest of the year, what would you pick? Okay, I, I am torn between like the fanboy side, which says Star Wars Episode Nine, mm-hmm. just because I need to to know how it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie that I'm probably looking forward the most is uh, The Dead Don't Die, just because yes. I love Jim Jarmusch, mm. and that just looks like so much. That doesn't fun. surprise me. What you, you got? Uh, the Bigfoot one with Sam Elliott. That's the oh, one I'm. No. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay. I saw that trailer and it's like that's a John Roca film and I was like I can't <laughs> wait to go see this. Uh, are you excited to all the Jarmusch stuff coming out of Criterion? All the new titles. Oh that are coming yeah, out? yeah, yeah. No, it's right? it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think the you know Patterson came out last. Uh, oh right, like, mm-hmm. that I, I might be my favorite movie the last ten years. I love Patterson. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, I think, I mean, realistically, I'd probably go with Episode Nine because I would feel left out otherwise. Like I would just be so concerned in that case mm-hmm. of it being spoiled spoiled for me that I would need to jump in ASAP. But if I took that out of the equation here, I think I'd probably go It Chapter Two. Mm, like, I'm sure. I'm super super excited. I'm also so so nervous given how much I fell in love with that first uh, the first installment of it. Right. I just want to see them stick the landing so so badly. <laughs> I guess you can sort of take dates into because you know Star Wars comes out in December. So even if you don't see it this year, you could see it two weeks later. I love how you just cheated this system. <laughs> I take Silas's answer. Right. I'm going with It Chapter 2. All right. Let's hit... I think we can do two more questions here. Right. Let's go with... All right. Good old Chris D'Onofrio is asking, if you could put the core Avengers cast in any other genre of film, what would it be? Give me a Western. Is that pretty Ooh. much your answer, Roka? Uh, no. Not with those guys. No, because we, we tried that already, the Cowboys and Aliens. It didn't really work. <laughs> work. Um, well, that's a good question. I think an espionage film, a spy film would be great with Chris oh. Evans. and. I seem to remember a movie that was kind of like, a, I don't know, Winter Soldier? A little bit? A little <laughs> yeah, bit? Good point, a political thriller. <laughs> but I think an espionage film would be interesting with Robert Downey Jr. as the villain and Chris Evans as the hero and having it all kind of play out the way it plays out. Maybe uh, Scarlett Johansson is like the Secretary of Defense or something. Like, There's, there's stuff to play with there, definitely. I want a... Like a low-key day-in-the-life comedy. I just want to... Like a day-in-the-life of the Avengers on an off day. That's what I want. Like life itself? Is that what you mean? (laughs) How did we get there? Did I say something that triggered that response? No, just a day-in-the-life kind of thing. No, I do not not want that. I I know how much you didn't like that movie. No, 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 no. no, Now my mom's going to be insulted. She loved it. Um, And in between the mission, just like a regular day, Mm. chilling... Just being like weird and kooky and making jokes together, like like what's the the short that Thor did with what's his face? Oh yeah, the uh, oh. I can't believe I can't remember those his name are great. right now. Is it yeah. Kenneth Kenneth or Wayne or something like that? It was one of those names. Oh, it's really Darryl. gonna bother Darryl. me. Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's I want a feature version, not necessarily just of the two of them, but like a day at like the Avengers compound or something. <laughs> I and this may be my answer for any cast. Uh, put him on a starship. We already know uh-huh. uh, Chris Hemsworth was Kirk's father, serving in Starfleet. Maybe. The rest oh, of the crew yeah. he's serving with is is our other Avengers. I'm into that too. Yeah. Okay, okay. Star Trek with them would be fantastic. All right, we've got one more big one here, and this one's coming from John Ashford, who's asking: In honor of Deadwood and Sopranos, what series slash old film would you want to return to the screen? I'd like to see the characters of Silverado return. Oh, 
Oh, that's a great line at the end there. A Silverado sequel. They're all still alive, I think. Danny Glover, right? Kevin Costner, Scott mm-hmm. Glenn. Yeah, I think they're all... Jeff Goldblum, they're all still alive. It's a great cast. I think Brian Dennehy's still alive. Linda Hunt. This is a great cast. I would love to see that. Oh, so you're just like stealing his no, no, answer no, no. now? Uh, <laughs> what was the question again? It's so <laughs> if you had to bring back a, a series or old film to the screen, uh, what would it be? I'll just like get okay. my obvious answer out of the way first and say, where is my continuation of Ash vs. Evil Dead? That uh, was a great idea you teed up and then you points. just left me hanging. Uh, I thought it had a happy, like, good ending. But... There was more to it that I wanted to see. <laughs> there was there was so many. And especially with, yeah, now I'm trying not to spoil it. So this is going to make sense to like 99% of our viewership because no one watched that show. And that's why it was canceled. But what they teed up was so cinematic to me also. I feel like they should go there. <laughs> what do you got? I, you know, the first movie I remember watching as a kid and like it broke my brain that it didn't have a sequel was uh, Joe Dante's Inner Space. Hmm. Uh, just because oh, it ends with a cliffhanger. And yeah. as a kid, I was like, I want to see the next one. And my parents were like, well, there is no next one. Right. And so that, that I'd like to see. Uh, look, Pressure's on. I'm going to date myself, but uh, I'll do an old reference. Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Like, that ended with Remo was supposed to be an American spy with multiple adventures, and it never got past that one with Fred Ward, a young Fred Ward, uh, and Joel Gray playing, the, the, the is, in essence, the uh, Tilda Swinton role uh, and trying to teach him how to be mm. a thing there. Uh, and I would throw Rome in there, the TV series. Uh, oh. that, was un- that was unfortunately canceled. They announced it halfway through, so they had to adjust the scripts and they shoved way too much in that last season that didn't make sense and I would love to see them bring back a Rome movie and bring Kevin McKidd and uh, Ray Stevenson back to be in those roles it'd be a lot of fun. Solid choice right yeah. there guys we got so creative hopefully you know someone out there who can make all these ideas happen we would appreciate it you know what I appreciate you two being here today Silas thank you for visiting oh, us again thank you for having tell me. everybody where to find all your work because you have some super cool stuff you're working on and I want them all to see it. Uh, movie Bill it. if you have the, uh, the Regal Theater app uh, make sure to scan the Avengers Endgame poster. There are some exclusive poster designs that will play in the AR space, but check it again in about a week. I, I don't have a specific date yet, but there is some uh, very fun spoilers. One of the most fun I've ever had writing a piece I wrote after seeing Endgame, and it, it's going to be available I in about a week. I cannot wait to read that. Roca, take yep. the opportunity. Where can everyone find you? You can find internet? me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. And please come find me on the Top Ten Show. We do that now. We got our own feed. Go on there on any of the wherever you download podcasts. Look for the Top Ten, number ten there. Come join us and the Cinephiles as well. There you go. And I'm Twitter and Instagram at P Nemiroff. Adam in the booth. You're the best. Thank you for all your hard work. Guys, thank you for watching this show. Please like and share it. Check us out in podcast form. That's where you should comment, rate, all of that good stuff. Keep downloading them all, please. We will see you Monday, 4 p.m. PT Live for a brand new episode of Movie Talk. Hey, little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. 
All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org.